If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Hey listeners, you're going to hear us talking about the pump, a.k.a. transient sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. Uh, we're talking about how to maximize the pump, if the pump contributes to muscle growth, what type of environment your body needs to be in to get a pump, and different techniques to maximize the pump. One technique that we kind of gloss over is known as occlusion training. This is actually one of the more breakthroughs uh, types of training that we've seen in the last 10 years. It's relatively new. It's extremely effective. The studies and science supporting it are pretty conclusive. Uh, However, you need to do it properly. Doing occlusion improperly can be quite dangerous. You can find the occlusion guide at mindpumpmedia.com. It's only $27, and we break it all down for you. Again, mindpumpmedia.com, occlusion guide, 27 bucks. Justin, do that. Do that uh, robot, that robot voice you do. Hello, what do you want to hear from me? <laughs> so good. My name is Pee It's so good. Adam, can you do a robot voice? Dude, why do you do? Why do you do that, bro? Come on. Huh? I don't do voices. Hey, what do you think? I don't about? do You're voices. Doing one right now. That's my voice. It's really easy to do. Yeah, your voice. You know <laughs> what your voice is? Your voice is you doing your voice. Like it's, you're trying to do your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Stop trying to do your voice. Just talk normal. Okay. I know. Seriously. <laughs> do the robot I, don't voice. Don't you love his radio voice? <laughs> wait, wait. Hold on. Let me get in character, guys. <clears throat> Adam. Yeah. Adam. <laughs> You gotta go. Then off, yeah, off you gotta go like, smoke ten guys, packs guys, of cigarettes. Guys, wait up! Wait up! Is that what it really sounds like? Huh? I sound, like, I sound uh, like I've smoked ten packs of cigarettes. A little bit, at least. Oh man! Yeah, it's like borderline. <clears throat> you sound, you sound, like, you sound like that smoker ant, except she's got a baritone. <clears throat> I swear! Yeah, to, yeah. I swear! Well, what it's from? You guys, I mean, if she grew balls before we come here, you know. And we're, I'm really interested to see if you can tell a difference because I already noticed a difference when I went from teaching four times a week to teaching two now. Is uh, man, it tears my throat up after. What are you teaching? Class. Oh fuck! <laughs> what, are you, what are you new here? Huh? Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's You're tearing saying, up your throat. You said it was. You said you've been the last two years. Come so on. You said you were tearing your throat up. I was like, Come hey, on, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So, so, it, so that deep. was questionable. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm yelling for three hours straight. So you know, if once you fat motherfuckers jump, everybody jump. We'll see. We'll see what it, what, it, what happens afterwards. I, I have a feeling that it will change a tiny bit because mm. when I when we when we listen to podcasts on the radio, right? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I sound like that when I talk to you guys. Yeah. I feel like it's part of it's. I'm trying to figure out. Some I'm wore down a little bit. I'm trying to figure out why I have the Kermit quality to my voice. I can't. I still can't understand what's happening. Mm. It's like it's in the back, <laughs> like you know, like. Up, Justin never in the knees. Justin, he will never pass up an opportunity. No, I have to. I'm just trying to figure out why. You know what I mean? Why does that happen? You're just nasally. What if Mm. I? You talk to. I have to talk to. You talk to. Do I plug my nose? What if I? If I plug it, it's worse. No, it come actually come down. I think it improved it, right it. It helped it. It did. So I should just do this uh, the whole that, time. Now that is weird. W- okay. When you plug your nose, it fixes it. But when yeah. if I, I, w- I want to see you acting with like a, a, like a low voice. Like like, show me your lowest voice. I'm, you can't put me on the spot. Come like on, that. bro. <laughs> it's not even a voice. It's like a, that's what you get welcome, for putting me on. Welcome to my. That's not that good. It sounds the same. Deeper. Come on, deeper. I can't so, stop it. That's so anti-climatic. I don't, I don't like you telling me that, Adam. <laughs> That's not what you said yesterday. Go deep. Oh, deep, deep, deep. God. Do your robot voice, Adam. Uh, I don't have a robot voice. Damn it. I don't do impressions. Damn, you guys are so... I'm not fucking I, Joey, I know, Joey from scared. Full House over here. I've heard, your, I've heard your feelings hey. enough times oh, now. Yeah. About yeah. About yeah. You Uncle Jesse? Is that who you are? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Is that who you are? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I was Adam's at, Danny. I was at uh, our club one, our spot, our club sport. Excuse me, it's club sport, not club one anymore. Club sport. Hey, uh, if you want to go sign up there, by the way, you should go talk to Mariah. Yeah, she's she our girl. Hooks it up. Um, shout out to her for sure, and the club. The club's so beautiful, guys. I can't, nice w- I can't wait till they get their little the little kitchen uh, place they got coming on the little restaurant. The cafe. Yeah, the cafe they're building yeah. inside of there. Yeah. But you know what's so cool? Um, mm. I took a picture of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll post it up in the forum if you guys remind me. Is have you been there when they have the kids class? I have. It's pretty neat. 
Dude, they do a lot of cool stuff. They do. Yeah, little yeah. kids That's, workout class. I, I was very, very impressed with the programming for mm-hmm. children. You know, because right now there's a lot of buzz going on with this whole, there's a lot of controversy, right, with the whole CrossFit for kids. You know, that's going on right uh, now. It's really big. It's mm-hmm. really popular. Mm-hmm. I hope it's successful like, the, like their MMA program. Remember that? Oh, yeah. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Punching with uh, uh, medicine balls. Yeah. Remember that one? Kick and punch and punch and yeah. kick the medicine ball. So there is, there's a bunch of that going on. And then I see something like this, and I'm like, you know, this is how it should be done. You know, I wish, I wish somebody could take a page out of what- Did you ask them who wrote who wrote? I didn't. I didn't want to interrupt them. I was just I was just observing. No, a lot of it, too. Mind you, the girl that was teaching the class, you could, you could tell- She's just a, she's just made for kids, man. Because I, mean, I, I look at that, and I'm like, that is so awesome, but there's no way I could do that. Like, 30, there's probably 35 little kids You'd running You'd make around. the kids cry. Oh, God, they would. <laughs> I just don't have patience, you know? Uh. But she does, and the way she was with them. And it was just so great. The stuff that they, I mean, very clever shit. I mean, they were, they were setting up these cones and just making them do little, just real basic footwork stuff between there, and then they had to climb over a box. Were they enjoying it? And, oh, yes. Just, oh, wow. And she made it into kind of a game and fun, and then they would hula hoop, and then they would do like these, you know, walking Frankenstein. They were doing all these great, great moves. And you could literally see, you could see the kids who were going to be athletes. I mean, mm-hmm. I can tell. Of course. You, Dude, uh, you could. Know. It's it's like drastic. Oh, it's so obvious. You, would, you, would, you could pick me out fucking if, well, if I was a kid. Oh, class, man. I like, could, that kid's going <laughs> to be on a microphone. He, he I felt, is going to be the smart. He's I got was bookworm. He's I was, got athletic moves for radio. I was so worried that she was catching because I, I I was just so intrigued by. The, oh, you don't look creepy, did yeah, you? Yeah, right. And I'm taking a picture, and I'm like, stare, I'm oh, like yeah, staring yeah. at these kids. I'm like, God, she probably thinks I'm <laughs> some fucking weirdo, right? Yeah. But I was really, I was really impressed with uh, the programming. I'll, I'll, the next time I'm in there, I'll ask Mariah or Mariah if you're listening. I know Mariah listens. If you see me, I'm interested to know who who actually how how crazy is the, that the that, children's program there? It's done that very nowadays well. we have workout classes for children. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. It's awesome. But how crazy is that? That you need to do, like. There's a desire. There's a well, need yeah. in the market for that. I now. mean, they've cut a lot of recess time. You know, in some school districts and almost stuff. all yeah. schools, right? I, I well, mean, I I don't know about least, but definitely extracurricular activities yeah. have vanished. You know, like you have to really seek it out now. Because when I was a kid, kids I, are fat. I don't think we went more than I don't think <laughs> we ever true. went more than two periods without a minimum fifteen minute recess break. Really? Yeah. I think the most we ever did was a back-to-back hour class. That was like the longest stretch of your day was two classes back-to-back um, all the way till I was in eighth grade. So at least for me, that's how I grew up. What did you guys do at recess? What was your favorite activity? Basketball. Tether- tetherball or basketball? Yeah. Really? Tetherball. Yeah. Hmm. Red, Red Rover. Hey, what did you do? Uh, I would uh, talk to girls. Really? Yeah. You would talk to girls? I would. I'd talk to girls. Sometimes i play football. This um, is in fifth grade? Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I'd talk to girls, and then we'd chase each other and all kinds of weird stuff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What uh-huh. happened? Uh-huh. Cootie monster? Uh, my first girlfriend That's was- how I developed my communication skills, actually. I see. While you guys were <laughs> still paying Neanderthals, I was I learning big- how to communicate to the opposite sex. So you just, remind- you just reminded me of something really funny. So in- It's funny. My first girlfriend was first grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was it really? I was killing it. Well, you, oh my god! You went no, that far back? Yeah, I did actually. Wow, fourth yeah. fourth grade was mine. She had red uh, hair. Her name was Tally. Yeah, isn't that weird? How you remember that shit? Oh, I yeah. remember all that. I remember this. I was share a story with you guys that that the first time that I broke up with my fifth grade girlfriend, I broke up with her in that fifteen minute recess, and we all came back into class, and her name was Emily. She was still out by the the Ferris wheel, and she was crying all by mm. herself. And the teacher made me go out and go talk to her. It was the fucking hardest thing I ever had to do as a kid. But you know what's crazy when you think about how your character is formed as an adult? Uh, one of the things I've always been really good at is communicating like with, yeah. with women, with stuff like that, just speaking my mind and how I feel. But I didn't. <laughs> it's I, not I, me. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I didn't say Listen, anything. I'm sure I didn't say anything. I know I'm the last person clever you want to talk to you right now. But I just want to thank that teacher because that talk about having a good teacher, though. <laughs> it's not your fault that you're yeah. ugly. Yeah. She, she made me go handle that, though. She made me. They would never do that anymore. Oh, they would never oh, do that anymore. That's interesting. But she told me to go out there and I needed to talk to her. I little, I had my friend break up with her because that's what you do in that age. Yeah, right? yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course you yeah, don't yeah, do yeah. it. I mean, that's way too young to break yeah, up cares? yourself. I Listen, mean, it's, that's yeah. a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I told awkward. Greg, Greg, go tell Emily we're not boyfriend and girlfriend right, anymore. Right, so right. he told her, she starts crying and she stays there. And of course, I don't know. She's, I'm going to go over and talk to her after I broke up with her. So I go into class. And you know, we had, remember those old, those old classrooms where they're like, um, you know they were like trailers, trailers, yeah. right? And you could see out the window, the one window on the side. And she was just out there crying. Yeah, and she was sitting out there in the tan bark by the the little Ferris wheel thing. Just uh, can I crying. say something I feel right now? Painful for her. Can I say right something now? Because I have a daughter, and 
I would, I would want to beat your ass. Yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't talk Not to her. Not that it's your fault. I wouldn't talk to her. You know, but no, I'd still no, want to no. kick it her happens. ass. I would yeah. still want to kick her ass, though. I yeah. had the opposite happen. I had uh, my first kiss ever like uh, with this girl, right? We we're outside. I think it was like fourth grade. No. Yeah, fourth grade. And uh, so we were outside the, the classroom. And, you know, I just went for it. I'm like, hey, you know, boom. And it happened like right outside. And like the teacher called her mom. And then the next day she broke up with me. Wow. I was like, you cock blocking bitch. <laughs> My first kiss. In fourth grade? You ruined it. Jesus uh, <laughs> I didn't say that, but you know, now that I think back, I'm like, wow. That's horrible. I had two. There were two girls that were friends. What were their names? Deanna and Kristen. And they both liked me. So they both wrote me a letter and it said, who do you like more? <laughs> And there was a box under each name. Would well, that be great if women did that like in adulthood right Dude, now? Dude, right? you, you want me to tell you how gangster I was? That's awesome. I do you know happen. how gangster I was? I like you both. No, yeah. no, no. So, so the paper had... We should all hang out. Deanna, box underneath it. Kristen, box underneath it. Which one do you like more? You checked them both. I correct. I made a box in the middle. Yeah. And I said oh, both. Yeah. And I checked that one, sent it back. And guess who had two girlfriends? <laughs> I did. Yeah. I had two girlfriends. Go didn't last you, very long. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't last very long. You're going to have to start a compound. Yeah. You know that, right? But I did have... And then in seventh grade, I had an eighth grade girlfriend. This is in Utah or over here? Yeah. I grew up here, dude. Oh, okay. Right. Well, Utah. I wonder where all these ideas oh, come from. Yeah, exactly. Adam trying to make a joke. I was... When I... Room. <laughs> when I... And then when I was in seventh grade... Oh, oh, Adam. Check this out. This is fucking horrible. I don't know about you guys, but you know when you're a certain age, your hormones are already kind of raging. So it's not like you're not... I mean, you're definitely aware of the opposite sex but you're way too intimidated to do anything about it oh yeah so even though you're like fucking horny and all you ever think about is you know all kinds of crazy shit if a girl comes up and actually tries anything oh you start sweating you freeze you've run away like ah no i'm not gonna Ah. seventh grade i remember this in seventh grade there was an eighth grade girl that i was like she had the biggest i had the biggest crush on her yeah her friend comes up to me and said i forgot her name damn it but her friend's like hey so-and-so wants to be your girlfriend so i'm like yes Break was over. Lunch was next. So I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? So literally, we just fucking stood next to each other. And I didn't say shit. And this happened for like two days like two days in a row where I just kind of stood around her. Like didn't know what to do. Super intimidated. And she's waiting for me to make a move. And I didn't do shit. And she broke up with me. Dude. Do you remember? That's I like, regret it to this day. That's like between sixth and eighth grade, right? I was in seventh oh, grade. Between, I have a story like that. Between sixth and eighth grade was totally those years that, and I have no idea what you're it's just like a, for kids. You're just an awkward Well, and fuck. it's, and, and the, the kid, your you friends. You know where to take it. Your friends are pressuring you. I knew where you, to took it. I just wouldn't. <laughs> no, the, your friends are pressuring you to you do it. You still take it. Because they, they're, they're too afraid to do it or they don't have a girlfriend to do it. They're like, dude, you're going to make out with her. What? Instead, I remember we were at a park one time. Like, and, Did you French kiss? Oh, yes. It was like this. It was like it the whole day was set around this like we're gonna boobs? go meet and kiss and like everybody's watching you know what i'm saying it was just like her friends my super friends super intimidating back at, then at 315 super turn on nowadays meeting over at the picnic bench we know we got plenty of time no teachers are gonna be over there yeah. or anything like that you guys are gonna kiss you can kiss her friends are waiting like yeah. my me and my yeah. friends are all the way over here we could see them over there and they were like okay we got 15 more minutes you're gonna go you're gonna kiss her right you can give her the tongue or what you're gonna slip the tongue to her oh. you, you know what I'm you're saying like it's like this yeah. big old oh, yeah, big dude. old and then you get over there and it's just a fucking Dude, watch me work this. Oh my god! It's so it's nervous how, as fuck, messy as shit. It's like, so yeah. funny how the same situation <laughs> yeah. is so different as an adult. Like imagine now if a girl's like, "Hey, I want to meet up with you and make out with you, but my friends are going to watch." So different. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a whole different scenario. Now you're like, "Fuck!" Way yeah, cooler now. Now you're uh, now you're calling us and like, "Hey, you guys want to come?" Yeah, There'd be a hell yeah. of chicks there watching. I don't know what kind of parties you're throwing here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's just very intimidating. Were you intimidated? I feel like Justin. Was probably the smoothest at the youngest age. I I I was pretty well, you know, versed with uh, the ladies. Well, you're just not. <laughs> I, believe, I was better I, back then. Yeah, I was to be say, yeah, I was gonna a say, lot better I back be, then. I believed like, all of it up until like, you said seriously, it. Seriously, it's like it's like the Uncle Joey thing works when they're younger. You know what I mean? It you doesn't work so much. You know what now. happens? Adam? They're just like they're kind of just like. You know what happened? Oh my Adam? god! You remind me of my dad. Yeah. You know, or something. You know what happened? Yeah. Me and Adam sucked hella bad as kids. We had to hone our skill. You were really good at a young age. Never developed a pattern. Never that. developed because it worked. It's the same. You know, and then I hooked them in, and then I was set. And it's then the I, same. It's going going back out there. I would be like just shredded alive. This is why it would be great to have Courtney on the show so we could ask her some of the. Some yeah. of the some she of them. will throw me under the bus, dude, like, at at a whim. Like dude, she doesn't even care. I was too intimidated. Even at the age of 18, I could be intimidated so easily. I actually had a client that I trained 
who I don't want to say too much because fuck, I don't know if she'll ever listen, but I don't I haven't talked to her for years, but she was very attractive, very sexual, thirty something year old woman. I'm eighteen year old kid. So this is like the stuff of fantasy. Whoa, this is like and, uh, making the news headlines. Yeah, and for my for my birthday, she's like, Hey, uh she's like, I'm gonna I wanna come pick you up and we can just go hang out, just me and you and she was totally forward about what you know, like what she wanted to do and it was it was gonna happen and I told I didn't even show up. <laughs> I didn't even show up, dude, and she never came back for for training. That's right. I did when I, I was, was so scared. Yeah, when when I, I was a freshman. I had a senior ask me to prom, and I and I was like, ah, no. Yeah, just, you're too scared. To you had a senior chick ask you that when you were a freshman. Yeah. Well, you were the shit, bro. Yeah. That's for like, a minute. That's like a big deal. Yeah, right but it for a minute, it, well, you got to see what she looks yeah. like, though. Yeah. Well, even no, if she, she was she was good, bro. She yeah, was your type. She's he, all bro, even earthy, you know. Even even she had hairy armpits. Even no, insecure, no, no. even insecure bit, girls in in high school, they're pretty. not confident enough to ask somebody out like that. That's just, I mean, that takes some. That means you fucking you you were a big swinging dick on campus. You know, back then. like we were in Spanish together, so I you know <laughs> <laughs> kind of put a little like vibe in there. Like, oh, so she oh, wasn't uh, she wasn't very bright then, right? Spanish. She was in Spanish days. one when you were a yeah. senior. So. Uh, she's retarded. <laughs> we watched. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she was hot. <laughs> Wait a second, let me do this again. Wait, Spanish one senior. Yeah, she was. Maybe she wasn't that smart. You're right. Uh, did she ride the short bus? It was like cool? you know, it was like a makeup class. Come on, guys. He's all. You know what I mean, he's like, all, he's he's all, extracurricular. He's that baby. I want to. I want to kiss you. Can, so you, can yeah. you take off your helmet? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna move it aside. That's up. Dude, maybe she took French first and then had to convert over to Spanish. You guys are assholes. Okay, she, was, she wasn't that dumb. She was retarded. She wasn't drooling or anything. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god, my stomach hurts. That's so oh. bad. Oh shit. That's so bad. You guys are assholes. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> where are we going anyway? What are we doing here? I want to. Uh, you wanted to actually talk about this. I think it's a great topic. Um, wow, that was a fast. <laughs> you here. like that? Yeah, cool. record skip. Turn. Time for fitness. Yeah, right. <laughs> we are a fitness podcast. Swear to God. Yeah, we have five minutes left to talk about some fitness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, um, <laughs> we were going to talk about the pump, chasing the pump. Ooh. And <laughs> just ooh, totally ooh, opposite. Let's talk about this. You made, you made that sound dirty. Yeah. There's there, there's lots of things to be said. There's lots of things, too. I, yeah. I actually like this because- um the only thing I pump. I, <laughs> I, I, I am still like experimenting uh, with different stuff, the way we train, uh, and noticing- uh, the way my body responds when I when I really focus on the pump versus when I'm really focused on strength, and then when I kind of blend the two, and you know, I, I have a little bit to say that I, through my experience, and I'm curious to hear some dialogue with you guys on and theories because um, this is something that like bodybuilders, so my peers, hardcore man, like it's all about the pump. It's all, and it, it, almost every bit of any sort of science or anything that's intelligently written by a bodybuilder comes from chasing the pump type of theory you know and the time under tension and the pump and pump 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 everything and it you know it, you get so indoctrinated by it that you start to believe that it's the end all and not only is it not the end all but you know being somebody who's switched over to training purely for strength i've seen the benefits not only of that but that it's probably even more beneficial when it comes to building more muscle but then there's something to be said about what what the pump makes us look like, and uh, and so the difference. There's the, the attraction. Right do you guys there. do you guys remember the the technical term for the pump? What the like scientific term is? The sarcoplasmic. No, uh, <laughs> I tried to beat him on that one. Just, <laughs> Justin for Tag fifty dollars. Yeah, a uh, transient sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. Oh, I, so okay. so sarcoplasm. So what's the transient part? Uh, the pump is because the pump's temporary. So that's that's why it's transient. So sarcoplasm uh, is a word that uh, it means all of the non-muscle fiber structures within muscle, the fluids, the glycogen, the blood, the water, uh, all that stuff that's not actual muscle fiber. Which believe it or not, actually makes up more of your muscle than muscle fibers do. Your, your muscles are made up of a lot of things other than muscle fibers. <laughs> And so sarcoplasm uh, encompasses all that. Sarcoplasmic hypertrophy means increasing the sarcoplasm, and transient means it's uh, it comes and goes. So the pump is the ability of uh, is your muscles basically getting more blood going in than going out, and this they feel really tight. 
Uh, they enlarge uh, for a short period of time. It feels engorged. It feels engorged. It is a boner for your yeah. muscles, literally. Um, it's, it's almost no different. Um, and the pump itself, here's the thing about the pump. The reason why the pump is important, uh, there's, there's multiple reasons. And one of them is the simple ability to get a pump tells you quite a bit about your body's uh, state, uh, you know, what state it's in. So if I'm dehydrated, if I'm uh, not nourished properly, if I'm really tired, um, my ability to have a pump is going to be compromised. Right, declines. Yeah, so if I'm in the gym and I'm working out and I'm having a tough time getting a pump, it could be a signal that I'm not in the optimal environment to build muscle. And so the pump itself tells you, many times tells you, wow, I'm in this great environment uh, to build muscle. Uh, that being said, the pump itself has got some beneficial uh, abilities, some beneficial properties to building muscle. And one example is when you when you take it to the extreme, uh, like when you do occlusion training. Occlusion training is where you tie off a muscle. Well, um, and, and this is really the science behind occlusion is what hypertrophy training really there is comes from that yeah when you think about yeah, it yeah 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 i mean when you tie off a muscle uh, you have to do it properly by the way so if you don't know what i'm talking about make sure you look up occlusion training. <laughs> yeah, yeah what do you say like, uh, you tie off your muscles yeah we have we have <laughs> yeah. a guide that we offer yeah. it's super inexpensive uh mindpumpmedia.com um but anyhow if you do it right you tie off the muscle and you you prevent even more blood from leaving the muscle so it just it just exaggerates the pump it's very painful but that also uh contributes to muscle growth so the pump itself has got some benefit to building muscle. You can in- increase the amount of sarcoplasm within muscles, but it also contributes to, it's also one of the signals I think your body reads mm. uh, when it comes to, you know, to building muscle. So the pump itself is not necessarily a bad thing to chase. I just think people get stuck. Yeah, They get constantly stuck chasing the pump, you know, and not moving out of that phase. And you want to think about the things that give you a better pump, faster pace, supersets, higher reps, lots of volume, which are great, but if you do those all the time, then you're missing out on the lower reps, the you know the the slower pace, the building more strength, the central nervous system adaptation, and you'll find that if you focus, if you stick in the pump too long, you'll start to lose gains and lose strength. Can you can you kind of like uh, uh, tie in like lactic acid in in that role as far as like the pump and like uh, you know describe as as far because I know some people like I remember people asking me about uh, lactic acid like that being the cause of muscle soreness and all this. This is no, kind of like a something people ask me all the you time. You would die if that built up yeah. in your body. That's what people we used to say that. I remember as a right. trainer used to say, that, "Oh, that's very bur- common that saying bur- that burning sensation the is lactic acid, lactic acid building up into your muscle." It's like if lactic acid it, go, it goes away. It's actually quite yeah. You build you build up waste products as you're exercising, but the minute you stop, your body gets rid of them pretty well. So it's not leftover lactic acid. It's actually soreness is inflammation from muscle damage, and right. there's still a lot that's unknown about muscle soreness and muscle damage because. Uh, you can train the same way for so long, not get sore anymore, but still elicit uh, an adaptation response. Well, I feel like there's still a lot to learn, too, with the, the the difference it makes your body aesthetically look training strength versus t- training hypertrophy. And I think mm-hmm. uh, the way some bodybuilders look, I feel like I can look at somebody and and kind of tell their program basically. And I know and that's not just uh, and not just from what I've seen, like other bodybuilders, but really uh, what I've noticed with myself the last couple of years is. I was definitely this guy. So I trained, superset everything, total hypertrophy. Always chasing the pump. Always chasing the pump. I could not tell you probably since, okay, from 16 years old till about 19 years old, uh, I used to only do like six reps because mm-hmm. back then I, I remember being a kid and reading in magazines that, okay, you have to do low reps. You got to do low reps, heavyweight if you want to get big. Then the first time I re- found out that was a myth and then I switched over to high reps, I saw the greatest change and I'd ever seen my body. So guess what I did? Never returned. All you did was that now. So all I did was yeah. that. So I chased. It's funny because without realizing you repeated the same mistake. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So a ma- now a majority of my 20s, I'm chasing hypertrophy. I couldn't tell you the uh, from 20 all the way till about 27, 28 years old. I don't think I ever fucking dropped below six reps. Ever. I think six was like a super low day. Most everything I did was between eight to 10 reps and then a lot of supersetting, right? Mm-hmm. So I had the, and what I've noticed with my body then and what it is, how I feel different is this. And I just, I just got back into uh, hypertrophy training right now, which I haven't done in a long time. And holy shit, my body looks different because 
now when I when I get the pump now I I have a massive a massive massive pump in comparison to what I did before. Now before I would have to to keep this pump to kind of get that look, and then I would deflate. Like I would look all like when I was all full of blood, full of water in my workout. I really liked the way my muscle bellies looked. I liked the way, but then when I would stop and I would, and then the rest of my day, and I used to always say, God, I wish I just, I wish I looked like the way I looked when I worked out. Well, I, my body now looks more like what I used to look like when I worked out with no pump whatsoever. And I attribute that a lot of that to a lot of good strength training and building solid muscle that doesn't require any fluid to be pumped into it to look all bubbly looking. I'm solid. Now, when I go get a pump, it's like it's ridiculous. The pump mm-hmm. is is insane. It's I think it's interesting too to note that and I know I don't have I wish I had like this is something I'm like this. I'm researching a lot of this and reading a lot of this stuff. Unfortunately, right now there's to, not to a lot learn. Of, you know, there's not a lot of science because they'll measure. I mean, there's not a lot of science because when they do certain tests to measure muscle size, growth, or whatever, they'll use certain tests that don't necessarily measure like a straight circumference. They'll mm-hmm. look at uh, density uh, in the muscles, and it's tough, right? It's tough because the total circumference of your muscles, if your arm grows, there's many ways it can grow. One yeah. of them is by growing muscle fibers. Right. And the other, again, is having more fluid than in them, and simply changing your diet might change the circumference of a muscle because you have more fluid in it versus not. I mean, go get dehydrated, right, and you as will you say being hydrated. Yeah, and you'll lose uh, lose muscle. I think it's also interesting that certain sports getting the pump is a bad thing. You yeah, know, like if yeah. you're a rock climber, the oh, last yeah. fucking thing you want is a pump Kills in your, your performance. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, because you can't function. Anymore. You have no more dexterity at that point. Exactly. Same thing when Ace are training jujitsu or judo. If your forearms got pumped from trying to get a choke or you know holding a grip you know really strong, you're fucked. You lost yeah. strength in that grip. So the so it's it's an interesting thing when you come to when it comes to athletic performance, you can utilize the pump to help you build muscle, but you may you might not want to get real good at getting too pumped. And I, I I think it has more to do with you know training more for endurance and over time you lose that you you don't get that huge pump anymore, but you're able to continue to to produce that that uh, repetitive motion. For example, if I now get on a mountain bike, and I, I haven't ridden a mountain bike or a bike for a long time, if I get on a mountain bike right now and ride around, I'll get a big-ass quad pump for sure. Mm. But if I stick to riding for a while, I'll lose that pump on my performance. Yeah, your body adapts to it. To it. Yeah, Absolutely. my body starts to adapt to it. There's, there's something said, to be said, too, about... So part of why I used to preach, uh, you know, training hypertrophy and, and high repetitions... Was also the safety factor. Um, I, I definitely the, the the bad side of heavy strength training is learning to discipline myself uh, of not continuing to push that. You get so excited with the PRs and chasing heavier and heavier weight that I'm I'm more at risk for my form to break down and then create imbalances or injuries. Even if they're slight injuries and mm-hmm. stuff like that, or even slight imbalances, they still are. Where when I was training 12, 15 repetitions and supersetting, it's such a light weight for me that the ability to control it and keep myself in, in really good posture while I'm moving the weight and having good mechanics is a lot easier. And then when the rep, when my, when I would fail and break down, it's a lot easier to control that and not allow it's yourself. It's a very different mentality training mm-hmm. when you're working out to get a pump mm-hmm. versus working out to, you know, get stronger or to lift more weight. It's a very different mentality. I mean, if I get underneath a barbell to squat and I'm going heavy, I am really focused on tension. Mm-hmm. I'm really focused on mechanics. I'm getting into the groove. I'm coming down, staying tight, and I'm driving and through. Grinding your way through every rep. Exactly. If I'm looking for a pump, uh, I may uh, focus on keeping the tempo a little faster, mm-hmm. maybe not stopping at any moment. Or if I do, when I do stop at the top, I'll flex the shit out of my quads and emphasize the squeeze there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of a different focus. And what I what you'll notice is if you again if you stay in one phase for too long, you're gonna lose. You're gonna get uh, you know your your returns will start to diminish. Mm-hmm. If you switch your phases properly, they contribute to each other quite well. Oh, I, I just did this recently because I hate I hate squatting over four or five reps. I, I do not enjoy it. I just don't enjoy it. It's just it's fucking. I am with you on it's that. It's grueling. 100%. I want to throw up. I hate it. I'd rather just do singles and doubles. Same with deadlifts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but when I do do sets of eight to ten reps and I go much lighter and I focus on getting a little bit of a pump, when I go back to my strength training, I'm stronger. Well, I would like. And to, so it's important. It's I would important like to say something about that because 
Um, you know, I, I like to point out when when there's some, here's something shitty about us. You know, something that we all agree on that we're all uh, we're all kind of anti cardio. Where none of us really push uh, high intensity cardio. Justin a little bit does. But here's one. There's one benefit right there I can think of that if you are if you're really cardio adapted, doing a high high volume squats is not that bad because you've your heart is used to pumping that much blood that hard that fast. Mm-hmm. Where for us, that's why it's such a nightmare for us because we don't push the heart like that a lot. So then you get under a bar, and even though it's only one thirty five or two twenty five on your back, which is not a lot of weight. Dude, doing 10, 15 repetitions is just, it's not hard for your legs. It's hard for your heart. You're like, you're breathing heavy. Yeah, you just get out of breath. Yeah, I'm out of breath. Well, and then and it ruins the rest of my workout. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like my legs. You get are, lightheaded. You get dizzy. Yeah. You're not, Fatigue sets in real quick. Yeah. So th- there, there's some benefits. You know, uh, someone asked a question the other day on Q&A about that, about, you know, us being so anti-cardio. And, you know, there's some, but that also... If you really cared about that, like you don't really care that you fatigue, you got to, you know, but that's something you, you have to push yourself through. When I know know that I've been training, when I've been training in the three to five rep range for a long time on squats, I know I got eight and twelves ahead of me and whether I like it or not, I need to be there. It reminds me of like, like your characters, like in video games where you have a guy that like your focus is power, your focus is strength. It takes away from the other one. And your bar, like every time you do this, it takes away from another one of your adaptations. So you just have to kind of look at it that way. You can't merge it all together. And if you do, you're just going to be inefficient at all of them. No, 100%. It's like you get get five stars or whatever and you can distribute them however you you want. Distribute it. Yeah, Yeah. you can't can't get five in all categories. Spills into this one, but you want to definitely fluctuate it so that way it improves everything. But it's a little different than that. Because if you know how to manipulate your training, if you know how to phase your training, all of our programs are phased for a reason. Right. If you phase them, uh, will will you only have a hundred units of you know measurements or whatever that you know? If I give fifty over here, now I only have fifty left to give to other pieces. Not necessarily because they contribute to each other. If you phase them properly, now if you just focus on one, yes, you will start yeah. to lose those other. But adaptations. you'll still have a preference that like. So if you're an endurance person specifically and you want to still maintain uh, that regiment like going forward, but you want to entertain more strength and entertain more power into your regiment to benefit what you're doing running wise, you know, that's totally different. And like somebody that's in the gym that just wants to look aesthetic, that's totally different. Somebody that wants more sports performance, you know, that's different. But you definitely want to go through the whole process to have it all affect you in, in a phasal approach, now, 100%. Now, I'll tell you one of the things that the pump is most valuable for uh, as a trainer. I used it as a, a tool to signal when my client's connection to a muscle had improved. Let me explain. If you find it hard to get a pump in one particular muscle, the odds are you've got a really bad connection to that muscle. If you bench press and you find you get great pump in your triceps and shoulders but not so well in your chest, you're not you're not having a good connection to your chest. If you do a hip thrust and you're like, man, I feel a pump in my hamstrings but not in my glutes, you might have a poor connection to your glutes. And so many times I would ask clients, does that muscle feel tight? Does it feel like it's inflated? And if they said no, then we would continue to try to get a pump in that muscle because a couple things happen. When you get a pump in that muscle, you can feel it. Now I can feel that muscle working. So you've got that feedback, right? So now that I'm doing an exercise and I got this muscle that feels engorged and pumped, I can kind of feel it working or not and I can adjust my form or my intent while I'm doing the, the exercise. Number two, as I'm getting a pump, it's it's again it's telling me I'm finally firing that muscle properly and I I have a great example that I experienced myself as a kid I almost never got a pump in my lats when I worked out as a kid I would do back exercises like crazy I never neglected working my back but I would never get a pump in it I always feel it in my arms and the first time I got a pump in my my lats uh, was when I incorporated a pre-exhaust superset where I went from a dumbbell pullover, which is more of an isolation movement for the lats, to pull-ups, which is more of a compound movement for my lats. And I remember this like it was yesterday. I was really young. I must have been, I don't know, 16, 17 maybe. And I remember doing that superset, and after the third set, I was like, holy shit, Like I feel my lats are pumped. Like This is crazy. Mm-hmm. And from that day forward, I was able to target my lats and feel them differently than I ever had before, even though I had already been working out my back and my lats for 
you know, two years. Mm-hmm. So that's a night. That's something you should pay attention to. If there's well, a muscle you have a tough time getting a pump on, chances are you have a bad connection to you it. Just remi- you just remind. You know what, Doug? Write this down. Here's a here's a series that we can do on the YouTube mm-hmm. channel. Uh, this reminds me of when I first started as a trainer early on and a client would tell you something like that, uh, you know, you, I would just, well, focus more or I would keep going back to the mechanics. Like, well, what, you know, rotate your hips this way and I would I would focus right. on that because that's what I knew really well. Now as a trainer and all the experience that we have, now I have lots lots of little tricks to teach someone. Like you brought up, the, you know, them, them not, like them doing like a, you know, an exercise and filling it in their hamstrings and not their glutes. So now instead of like now if I was training somebody and they told me that we would stop what they're doing, I would take them somewhere else and I would help them get that reconnected by teaching them a movement that would help them and then bring them back. Like, okay, you feel that isolating move. Yes. We target and then we bring them back to the to the compound. Exactly. Where I think that's really good information, not only for trainers that are training clients, but even for people like that are listening, going like, yes, that's me. When I squat, I can't feel it in my glutes or when I do chest, I feel my shoulders and triceps. What are some things that we do for our clients that help them get that connection and get that understanding and then bring them back over there to help them out. I think that would be a great little series. We could do several, uh, you know, and also this is all planning and prep and your warm up and, and your cool down and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. How you prime the body how before you, prime you everything before exactly. you start your to workout. Get into it. So the pump, you know, tells you your body's in a, in a good environment, in a good state to build muscle. Uh, the pump itself builds muscle. We now what we've done is we've briefly kind of gone gone over the best methods to getting the best type of pump. I think we should go into a little more detail. Like, what are the best techniques for getting a great pump? And I want to be clear though, the techniques we're going to go over will work sometimes. They're not going to work if you always do them. So whatever we advise you to do, you go try it. You're going to get a great pump. I promise. If you keep doing it, mm-hmm. it'll stop working. It's good, you're going to, going to get diminishing returns. But one of my favorite techniques for getting a pump is a strip set. Strip sets, for me, always uh, elicit that type of a response. And in a nutshell, a strip set is lifting a weight until you're pretty close to failure, then moving to Taking a weight. It down. Yeah, you take you move, then immediately, without rest, you move to a weight that's lighter, mm-hmm. and you continue the exercise. Yeah, I haven't done that in a long time, yeah, so, man. Okay, I want to stop you right now, too. I love it, to do that for bench. It's, it's, it's important that you note this or that we explain this because – Here's where you get into a lot of the the, the muscle magazines and all the different like yeah. strip setting, pyramid, uh, super setting, you know, tricep, all these you different. See everybody doing that with a curling bar. Right, all these different and, yeah. techniques. Okay, so we have to keep this in mind. Where this is going to be the most value or the biggest bang for a buck is when you are in a phase of hypertrophy and that is already your main focus. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you're like in the middle of you know, I'm training for strength and like we're in phase one of maps, this is not where you start to play with this. No, no, no. It's not the purpose no, of that it's, phase. It's specific phasing. Yes, but if I was in phase three of let's say maps black or maps red, then here's a great tip or a great thing that I can throw in there because we like we've always told people, even though we've created these programs for you guys, we've always encouraged flexibility within them. Mm-hmm. So those that want flexibility and want to know how do I incorporate a drop set? How do I incorporate a super set and chase the pump like that? Or what? where would you guys use that? Here you go. Mm-hmm. This would go somewhere in phase three. You would do some of these techniques that we're going to talk about right now. It doesn't belong anywhere else. It belongs in a specific phase. And then it, you, it belongs with you moving on from that after you've done it for a while. So mm-hmm. not always doing this all the time. Right. So, uh, so back to the strip set. You, you lift away. You go to pretty close to failure. You grab a lighter weight and then you do it again and you repeat this three or four times. So a very common way to use this would be uh, with dumbbells because it's so easy to grab the next dumbbell. And I like doing this exercise for things like laterals, front raises, curls, and I'll grab, let's say I grab the 25s, I do my laterals, go to fatigue, rack them, and then I grab the 20s. Rack them, then I grab the 15s. Rack them, and then I grab the 10s, and mm-hmm. then I rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and you will get a an incredibly uh, you know skin tight pump from doing something like that. Now, I also want to be clear: it's a very advanced technique, yeah. and it does cause a lot of damage. So, this is not something you want to incorporate into your routine more than I would say once or twice a month. Yeah, uh, it's it's more it's more of an advanced technique. Something that's a little easier that you can do. That isn't super advanced that you can do every almost every time you, you work out within a phase of this type of training would be to emphasize the two ends of the rep. And what I mean by that is you want to emphasize the stretch of the rep and then emphasize the squeeze of the rep. 
And this is a very basic, easy technique to improving the pump of a particular exercise. So if I'm doing like a, a fly for my chest, I'm, I'm going light. I'm, I'm coming down and getting a real deep stretch under tension, good control. I'm not in an area where I'm going to hurt myself. Then I bring them together and then I press yeah, my squeeze. hands together yeah. and, and I squeeze the heck out of my chest for, you know, three to five seconds. And then I go back down into the stretch. You could do this with uh, almost any exercise, uh, especially isolation based type movements. And this is something you could do almost every workout because you could pick any exercise mm-hmm. and do this type of thing. That also will give you a nice pump. Also great for communication-wise, too. Like if you're trying to get any specific muscle to, you know, wake up and, and, and you know, be active in that lift. Like I've done that just um, intuitively, especially with the chest, too, and I'm not feeling it and get involved with, with my bench press. I would go to the flies and I would do that same exact thing you just described. Stretch it out real good. Squeeze it real hard. Make sure that I'm getting it to, to respond the way I want. And then you go bench press. And I go bench press. <laughs> yeah, see, that's a that's a great technique. I love a uh, either a barbell or a big dumbbell. So either a big barbell or a big dumbbell movement supersetted with a cable move. So for example, like a bent over row mm-hmm. and then I'll go over to the cables and I'll do like a you know lat pull down with cables or something. Or I'll do like a barbell bicep curl and then I'll go over and do cable cable curls real light mm, mm. so i'll do my big my big movement with the barbell or dumbbell and a little bit heavier more challenging then i'll go over to the cables really light and concentrate and i am that's all i'm doing is pumping more blood in there yeah. so supersets are just you know combining two exercises uh, mm-hmm. back to back and there's a lot of different techniques uh, that you can use with this you can do like what adam's doing is just do two exercises for the same body part or you can pick an isolation movement and go to a compound movement, or you could flip that and mm-hmm. do a compound movement to the isolation movement. And then there's another way we can do we can do a superset. And we actually talked about this, I think, on yeah, a YouTube video. We did, yeah. And that's where you work a muscle and you work its antagonist. Mm-hmm. So you work whatever muscle you work, you superset it with an exercise that works the muscle that's like opposing bicep it. Bicep to tricep. Exactly. Yeah. So bicep to tricep superset, which I still to to this day Almost every time I work out my arms, I go bicep to tricep superset, yeah. uh, chest to back superset, that, that quad be, to hamstring superset. Yeah, yeah. That'd, that'd be a compound set. That's what that is. Yeah, that, they, yeah, it's still a superset, but you're right. It's a compound. Yeah, yeah. They it's, call a, it's, a compound it's, a, set. it's a compound set. You know, it's in, I, even though there's not like a you have to do it this way or not. I find it important to do if you're gonna you're gonna pair exercises is to do the more uh, mechanically uh, uh, challenging one first before you go do like a machine or cables, super safe, super easy. You know what I'm saying? Like it's hard to screw up. It's better to finish with that. Yeah, to finish with a movement like that where you're just kind of fatiguing it anyways and pumping Mm -hmm. blood in, your big gross movement, whatever it is, whether no no matter what muscle group we're talking about. Do them first. Yeah, do that. Do the big one first that requires more skill to do it. When you're not fatigued and you can give everything you got into it. And then when you're already fatigued and gassed out, you're going over to do them. And this is kind of where we talk. We talk shit about machines a lot, right? Because this is kind of the order of operation. It's a perfect place for them. Yeah. Here's where they, here's where they come into play. You go over, you do your big bar mail movement. Then you go sit over on your, your preacher curl bench machine Mm -hmm. and you pump, you pump the arms or whatever. Another less known technique uh, that you can do to get a better pump uh, in the muscle is to take the rep and to break up the rep into smaller segments. Now, there's one exercise that people, if they do do this, there's only one exercise that they'll tend to do this with, and it's curls, and they'll call them 21s. Uh, yeah. And that's where you take a full like a full curl, right? I go from straight arm all the way up to my arm flexing all the way up at the top. And what I do is I break that up into three reps, and so I do so many reps coming up uh, halfway, so many reps going down halfway, and then so many full reps. You can do this with almost anything. I could do this with a squat. I could do this with a lunge. I could do this with a bench press or a shoulder press where you take the entire rep and you do so many reps within a part of the, 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 you know, the, the range of motion. I would be interested. It's, it's quite effective. I've I would, done it yeah, but I would really, I'd be interesting to see the, the science on this. Like, okay, so in 21s, for example, uh, you shorten your range up half, half, and then you do full range of motion, right? And if, like you said, you apply that. I'm curious to see if there would be any more or less uh, benefit to building muscle than if you were to do just 21 fucking full reps. I would, I yes, definitely, and I'll tell you why. When you're training within a particular range of motion and focusing on that, you are muscles are get stronger in pretty specific ways. And when you look at the sliding filament theory and how muscles tend to muscle fibers attach to each other and, and contract, when you're shortening the range of motion, you're training a part of the muscle fiber and you're putting most of the focus there. 
So in essence, what you're doing is you're fatiguing a part of the rep more than if you were just doing full reps, and so it just changes the it just changes the stimulus. Yeah, but to, I, I, that's to me then, then, it, then because that, having to stop then it that almost way, that almost supports uh, Stepani's argument with doing the preacher curl and working the lower bicep. No, not at all. I mean, uh, it almost does. It's no, pretty, you're getting pretty close when you start playing with that no, because no, it still has the same attachments and you're still met. I mean, no, if you look at the muscle fibers, I'm not talking about muscle fibers from here to here. You know, from from the lower to the mid bicep, from the mid bicep up, it's all the muscle fibers. But the way they connect to each other, you can change where they when they you know when you're adding force to where they break apart, and that's what causes the damage. It, it, it happens along the entire muscle. Nonetheless, a bicep contracted halfway. But my point muscle is, fibers are attached. Well, my point is, if we're talking about uh, sarcoplasmic hypertrophy and chasing the pump, I'm I would like to see a study done where you compared someone who did 21 repetitions, full repetitions with a lighter weight versus someone who did I, 21s and which one would technically have more benefit if there was I any think, at all. I think if you did a head-to-head competition, full reps are always going to win. I think if you did a, a a competition where someone utilized both and offered it as a variety, then you would see some benefit. Oh, okay, fair enough. You could never, yeah, you you could never replace. Uh, okay, full I just think that's. I think that's important to note to our yeah. listeners don't understand because easily somebody hears that and they go like, oh, that sounds superior. Well, now I'm going to go start doing 21s with stuff to chase right. this pump. Well, think, it's like, think about no, it's not. Better. No, it's just a technique. But think about it this way: Let's say I'm doing a squat. <clears throat> if I'm doing a barbell squat and I have uh, weight on my back and I stop halfway and come back up. Think of the forces on my body when I stop halfway, having to reverse that force and, and change directions versus stopping at the bottom, reversing force and coming up. It places a different stress on the body because of the positioning. So it's just another it's just another little trick or technique uh, that you throw in there. And in breaking up the reps makes things fun. Um, and uh, I'm telling you, if you throw that technique in here and there, You'll find that that same exercise that you always do that doesn't really give you a pump, you break up the reps, and next thing you know, you're getting you're getting a good pump from well, it. Well, and I think this is what's important, and what I used to tell clients when when they ask questions like things like twenty ones and stuff is, hey, when we're chasing the pump and that is our focus, th- these are all great fun ways to manipulate that, and there's benefits to changing that all together because. All of it, we're chasing the pump, right? right. No matter how you look at it, whether it be the pyramid or the stacking, the drop set, the superset, the compound set, really the, the desired outcome is pretty much the same. And ultimately, utilizing all those tools within that phase of your training would be awesome and mm-hmm. would be ideal, and that's how you would do it. Well, uh, this is where you can get creative when you come back to do, you know, like say your second round of MAP7 a ball. Exactly. Or, you know, you're, you're coming in and there are a lot of different techniques to pull from in each type of phase that, you know, we we promote, you know, as far as like in performance or, you know, in aesthetic. And um, this is where like that's why we have like room for mods and, and things like that. But you do want to want to focus on if that's a technique that you're going to implement, you want to focus on that technique and, and do it. Uh, uh, with enough time and effort and energy to really like see how it's affecting you. Here, here's a good here's a good technique that is overused. It is a good technique, but if you use it if you use it improperly and overdo it, then it's bad. And that is keeping constant what bodybuilders would say tension on a muscle. I hate using that term because they're so inaccurate with it. Because a muscle's under tension as long as you want to keep it under tension, regardless of the position. But what they mean by that is they mean they shorten the rep. For example, if I'm doing a shoulder press and a bodybuilder says, oh, don't go all the way up uh, and constantly move the rep. Don't stop at the top. Don't stop at the bottom. And don't lock your elbows out at the top because we want to keep constant tension. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reality is you're going to keep constant tension if you straighten your arm out and lock it out and, and maintain good tension yourself versus doing what they're doing. What they, the, reason, the reason why they're doing it that way is because it is an effective way to get a pump. Absolutely. Yeah. When you're constantly flexing, extending, flexing, extending, flexing, extending a muscle, not pausing, uh, uh, you know, at the either end of the rep, it's a very effective technique to get a better pump. On the flip side, if you do go full full range of motion and you still want to get a great pump, you can. All you got to do is internally create that in, that tension. Like if I'm at the top of a shoulder press and I lock my elbow and I relax. Yeah, I'm going to definitely lose some tension. But if I push it up and drop my shoulder blade and tense everything up and stay super tight, I'm not losing tension. Yeah. And I'm still creating that that pump-inducing... Well, know. and it, here's where like the, the skill of working out comes in right mm-hmm. here. Right? This is, the, this is the, one of the hardest things as a trainer to communicate to clients that you're trying to teach is, is something that you're talking about right now. Because 
the natural thing for the body to do when you lock out a, a full pre- and this is how all these this is how mm-hmm. these things grow legs like this is the this is where the bro science comes from because there there's a little bit to, to be said to doing that because a, a person who doesn't understand how to do that how to internally keep themselves connected and focused on that could easily lock out and then they just let the the elbow yeah, the, the joint el- take the exactly force the and ju- they're not engaged with their muscles like uh, like they should be it's like locking your knees when you're standing exactly yeah, right it's exactly it's like coming out anyway. coming in a leg press and completely locking all the way out and your no knees bowing out and your knees are what are stre- holding the, like yes and that was like that's what we used to say when when I used to tell people when I was a trainer early on was you know oh don't lock out because you don't want to put that you don't want to put that on the joints you know so we don't want to put stress on the joints we want to keep the tension on the muscle the entire time but a lot of that is because people don't understand that concept they don't understand that they can fully extend and concentrate on the muscle that is supposed to be holding there versus they can still squeeze the muscle oh absolutely but the natural reaction for the body because the body is always going to choose the easiest path for us it's supposed it needs to yeah it has to it's it's, it's the most beneficial thing one of the beneficial things it does if your body constantly seeked out the most difficult way You'd be fucked, right? <laughs> so you need to be conscious of that. Well, and that's that's the this is where the skill of training really comes in. Is that that's why it's something that takes. This is why we have jobs, right? This is what why it just not anybody can walk in the gym, look at how someone performs their exercise, perform it right away because there's coaching points to this and learning to teach your clients, learning how to teach yourself how to how to communicate to your body like this that you know just because i'm getting the weight up isn't this that's not completing the rep really like really understanding what you're trying to perform what you're trying to execute through the entire movement that's what's really important and that takes time it takes practice it takes understanding mechanics and you know full range of motion always wins and learning that you know full range of motion doesn't mean you lock out and relax the body it means you extend fully extend and you keep tension on the muscle that's working you do and it's you know full range of motion is king however all these techniques uh that you can do that involve partial reps and focusing on different portions of the rep they have some value just got to keep in mind that they're tools they're, these are these are small tools that you can use to uh you know accelerate your progress or to throw different things at your body to keep it adapting. Uh, partial reps is another one. Partial reps, this is an advanced technique again. This is not something you could do very often because I promise you will get diminishing returns. You will burn yourself out. But partial reps are great. I mean, you, you, with partial reps, you go into an exercise with full reps. Once you hit that point where you can't do another full clean rep, then you progress to uh, half reps and you continue the rep. Very intense, very intense. Partials done properly are extremely intense and uh, will fatigue your body very quickly. It's something you want to do pretty seldomly, but when you do do them, if you do them properly, you will notice a boost in muscle and performance. I got one for you guys. Hmm. Here's an old school one. How long has it been since you've done some of this? How long has it been since you've done a cheat set? Oh, yeah. Oh. We, and this is something like never <laughs> with a girl I, that's not your girlfriend. Uh, no. Yeah. Oh wait. <laughs> so uh, cheat sets are are most certainly a technique. It's definitely an advanced, very very advanced technique because you're normally using a weight way beyond what you probably should be using for that isolation type of movement or whatever it is that you're doing. But you're using you are using momentum. You are using things to to assist the lift, and you are not in the strict position. But you're also maintaining really good core core activation and stabilizing yourself while you're doing it so you're safe so it's one of those things arnold was a huge advocate of like cheat sets for like bicep curls with the barbell well, there's a there is a proper way to do it like if you do it if you're doing you know cheating on your barbell curls where you're involving a little bit of a swing you don't necessarily start the set that way that's how you end up with the set so if i start with a heavy weight i'm trying to go strict until i need to cheat now to squeeze out more reps and what i'm essentially doing is i'm essentially aiding myself Lifting this weight and I'm making it lighter through using a little little bit of body English. It's not that different from a force from four straps. Uh, again, four straps, another massively uh, overused and abused technique. Um, but a force set is if I'm doing a set and I can't do it anymore with good form, my buddy adds just enough, you know, help to help me complete a couple more reps. Yeah. This is again super advanced. You don't do this very often at all. But if you throw it in every once in a while, it's in the bro Bible. You'll see, yeah, because I see dudes in the gym, and I swear to God, every fucking set, dude, is cheating. like, come on, two more, come, on, I'll help you, two more. It's like every time they work out, wow. and then you're not going to see progress. Well, and it's that's just, just too much. when you when you were training, like, uh, God, I, when was the last time either one of you guys needed a spot? Like, I somebody, one of my buddies, uh, never saw me working out, and uh, 
he got behind me like just it's yeah. just some people have yeah, that bro. they yeah, feel that like on. if you're talking to you're talking to your buddy and he's still exercising while you're talking to him it's like it's just natural for them to get under to help well, not unless you like your whole day is devoted to this one pr you're trying to hit yeah and then your that buddy's is, there right well that's about it that's uh, the last time i think i had anybody near me was when i was trying for a pr on my squat maybe six seven I was months ago you. yeah i think that was probably the last time that i did that was when i was pushing a weight i wasn't sure i could mm-hmm. even get mm-hmm. but if i'm any other time of the you know, the week or the year or the month yeah, I, I'm, I I do I don't want somebody to help me. I don't need somebody to help me. There's no there's no point in it. You're not getting that much more benefit to doing these force reps. And just like you said, there's a lot of other techniques that give you that same type of benefit as what a force rep or training to failure is. I don't need somebody. I could do a cheat set that well, day if I really wanted to do that. Eliminating having to have a gym partner is so liberating. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like fuck somebody else. Like they're not going to be consistent the way you want to be. Consistent. When did that When did that start though? Like the whole gym partner thing and having a partner oh to work out there's another bro bodybuilders. standard yeah. bodybuilders uh, bodybuilders did that it was a big thing they worked out together it was a small community they all worked out together and it just became it wasn't a thing you did by yourself for them you know it right. was a thing you did with your friends as a group. Well, powerlifters are really into that too because you need the testosterone and the animals right next to you well, yelling at you. When you're testing yourself with heavy weight, yeah. you, you definitely might need it, a spot. It does help. I mean, but it, you know, nowadays uh, the equipment is great. I mean, you get in a power cage, you get in a cage, you can set up the safeties. Yeah, and you're safe. If you, you're probably safer than if you had a spotter without the cage, right? Uh-huh. Uh, same I, thing with the bench See, press. I actually I prefer that. Like, so when I I fail all the time at squats, so I said I don't have. And there's a lot of times where I'm pushing my limits by myself and I just bail bail and I actually I actually yep. kind of like pushing that because I, I want to practice that I want to be good at failing like I want to be able to be okay There's definitely a technique to bailing yeah yeah and it, I think it's something that people should practice you do it right you do it safely you learn from somebody that knows what they're doing but once you get that down I mean that's that's another great YouTube video right there how to bail on a squat yeah how to bail on a squat? That's how to bail a great. On a deadlift, how to bail on a yeah? How to bail a, on a power clean? How about on a bench press? Yeah, oh, because yeah. that uh, and by the way, there is no a there isn't a great way to bail on a bench press. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's just a, there's just a way to bail that you won't die. It depends on the bench that you have there, but yeah, you're you're screwed. No, if you don't Typically. have yeah, if you have a regular bench press, there's a way you bail and that'll still suck, and there's a way that you bail and you'll die. So yeah, well, you don't go towards your neck. Exactly, <laughs> you got to learn. Honest. You got to learn the other way. Yeah. But yeah, I think one of the big takeaways here is. Uh, I think if you're listening and you have a muscle group or an area that you find you, it just it just doesn't respond very well. It just doesn't grow like the rest of them. I bet you uh, I bet you 10 bucks it, it pro- you probably can't get a good pump in it. <laughs> Big money. I, we got a lot out. of listeners. <laughs> 10 bucks. There's a lot of listeners, man. Yeah, you might have to pay out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got that in your Jedi? You probably you probably have a poor connection to that muscle. So at that point, I, I actually, would say focus on the pump. I really, I really, I you know, I've never thought of like using, think about your calves. Like no, you, no, absolutely. I think it's a great uh, technique. It's so true too. When somebody has a hard time getting a pump or filling it there, uh, more than likely, and I think now when I think back, yeah, yeah, it's almost always a connection. Dude, so. I remember like my calves. Like uh, you know, they've grown a lot since I started. You know, uh, from years ago, but they're still a hard body part for me to grow. But I remember I just would go heavy, yeah. and I wouldn't get a good pump, and I'd get no results. Then I started focusing on getting a pump with the calves and just getting more connected to them. And now I can go heavy and see results, but I couldn't before. Not only well, there's another argument for getting better posture to get better connectivity. You know, even if you're a bodybuilder. Yeah. Oh no, hundred percent. But you know, going back to what you were saying too, that's kind of cool because uh, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that for sure. Because I think that that would tell me a lot too of where, like, let's say I, I, you know, I have somebody who's like, oh, I don't feel it in my chest. I'm like, well, we'll keep repping them out, and then let's find out where, where, where we are connected. You know, what I'm saying, where is it being sent right now when you do this? Is it shoulder, more shoulders, and more trap? It'll tell me about a lot more or about their fatiguing. Yeah. yeah, well, a lot more about their imbalance and where I should address. Dude, right? it happened to me with my abs because for the longest time I treated abs as a secondary, you know, muscle group like most people mm-hmm. because I would just get lean and know there's my abs. And at one point, I realized that you can build the abs like any other muscle. So I started focusing on really squeezing and getting proper form and using resistance. And I'll never forget because it wasn't that long ago. It was probably, I don't know, five or six years ago. I got a pump on my abs, which I'd never experienced before. I couldn't even, I didn't even realize you could get a pump in the abs, but of course you can. It's a muscle. Yeah. Felt a pump on my abs, could see them bulging out. And from that point forward, I was able, I'm able to feel my abs with lots of exercises that tend to be difficult to feel the abs, like mm-hmm. leg raises and you know proper planks and all that stuff. So check it out. If you like Mind Pump, leave us a five-star rating review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, you're going to win a free t-shirt. Also, look for us on Instagram. We got some great posts on there. You can find Mind Pump at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me 
at Mind Pump Sal. Justin's at Mind Pump Justin. And Adam is at Mind Pump Adam. And also, YouTube. We've got great instructional videos on there. We put one up every single day. Mind Pump TV. It's on YouTube. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.